you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, <laughs> you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, we don't do a show for one day, and next thing you know, we got half the damn SEC taking a different job <laughs> and moving all over, but uh, doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, man, we got all kinds of drama, man. I just, I'll tell you, Mike, it's it's been hard because I really want to get on Twitter and I want to follow what's going on, but, you know, America's fighting with each other and, you know, Tennessee, my most of my People I follow are Vol fans, you know, and it's just they're fighting with each other. It's just like a big old family reunion, Mike. So, uh, <laughs> so you're going to have to help cipher through this because there is a lot of action going on in the SEC right now. Yeah, without a doubt. And man, I felt I don't think it's um, any secret here, Shane, that uh, on this show we try to, you know, there's so much negativity yeah. and there's so much. Uh, you know, you jump on social media and you'll you'll see, you know, this guy sucks. That coach is terrible. This team uh, will never compete for the SEC. So we like to talk up these teams, give hope as much as we can. And I feel a little bad on the last episode. We ended on a downer note for Auburn with all <laughs> these guys, uh, all the, the receivers in particular, leaving the program. But, uh, hey, so let's – well, I think I already gave it away, buddy, but uh, you want to go around the league? <laughs> let's do it, man. Auburn redeemed themselves this week. <laughs> now let's go now around, let's the go around the league. My, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey, go! Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Yeah, so I teased it there. I gave it away, but we're going to start here in Auburn. Get ready, Toomer's Corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. Lots of news, but I want to start with uh, potentially the best news here. Reference the receivers going pro. Well, they flipped it. These were both announced on Wednesday, but uh, linebacker Zacoby McLean and safety Smoke Monday 
two of the better players on that defense, two guys that really stepped up last season. They both mm-hmm. could have went to the NFL. They announced they're coming back, Shane. And mm. the rumor, again, this is all good news for Auburn, potentially. Derek Mason, former Vanderbilt uh, head coach, is going to be the Auburn defensive coordinator. And that's not all, Shane. They have officially announced the hiring of offensive coordinator Mike Bobo. Stole him away from South Carolina after, you know, he Mm. called out all these guys for being committed to the Gamecocks. (laughs) 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 That he jumps ship to the SEC West, and that's not all. He's apparently bringing offensive line coach Will Friend, who Mm -hmm. last season obviously was at Tennessee. He was at South Carolina for 12 whole days, and I hope he didn't bribe <laughs> any property down there in Columbia because he's headed to Auburn. And then last but not least, now this is the only one that is uh, not finalized to my understanding, and, and this may fall through, but at this point, it sounds like Traverius Robinson, the former South Carolina defensive mm. coordinator, is going to join this staff as a defensive backs coach. And Florida was after him. They thought they were going to lock him up with, a, I believe, a co-defensive coordinator title. So I assume he'd probably be getting that here at Auburn, too. But, man, mm-hmm. if all these hires come through here, you know, we, <laughs> we kind of picked fun of Brian Harson a little bit. But uh, every one of these looks like an outstanding hire to me. What about you? Oh, without a doubt, man. This is the type of hires we were hoping that Coach Beamer would make there in South Carolina. Just a, a signature coordinator, uh, maybe on the defensive side of the ball. And not saying that he isn't going to, but right now it looks like Auburn has just final. I mean, that's that's what you want to see if you're an Auburn fan. And now you just need to sit back. That's the thing. The fans got to sit back. Let you know, we let the coach put together his team here. Let's just sit back and see what they look like. And I'm telling you, Coach Mason's a hell of a get because he was on the short list of several SEC programs. Right, and here's another thing that stands out to me about all these guys, Shane. Obviously, Brian Harson, kind of an unknown uh, in a sense from just being in the SEC, recruiting in the SEC. That's kind of our biggest question with him. Not so much his coaching ability, but here he's got Mike Bobo, who served under two SEC staffs. Mm-hmm. Will Friend, who served at uh, Tennessee and Georgia, another multi-SEC. Traveris Robinson, Obviously, just come off from South Carolina. He spent time at Florida. He's been at Auburn before. That one year, Muschamp was the defensive coordinator. So here he's got four potential guys that are just loaded with SEC Mm -hmm. experience, high-level coaching, high-level recruiting. And, man, I just can't say enough about these moves. And and if they all go through, you know, this is a borderline, an all-star staff to me. Now, Mike, I know we're trying to stay positive, but – we have to address what's going on in South Carolina, right? <laughs> well, I, hey, I, one thing before we jump down there, because okay. I did, I did have a, one quick clip. I just remembered I wanted to play this because uh, if anybody missed it, this went viral here this week, and th- I, this is pretty old, from what I understand. I think it's a year or two old, but this is uh, Auburn's new coach Brian Harson during the uh, Boise State press conference when he was the head coach there he was at I don't even know the question he was asked but uh, his response is just outstanding and I thought Auburn fans and, and just in general all SEC fans needed to hear this one see things on social media at times where it's the perfect setup and you can read somebody's comment and usually the first one is negative that's just how people are especially ones that are on you know, the, the Twidiots and all those things like that. I mean, that's just, that's, but that's their voice. You used to have to actually be somebody to have an opinion, which meant you had to work your way into a position where your opinion actually mattered. You don't have to do that anymore. Any idiot can say whatever they want, and they usually do, and they're negative. And all I see, to me, I've gotten to a point now when I see things like that, I feel sorry that those people feel that way, that their lives don't have the purpose, the passion, and the excitement and the enjoyment that some of us do. And other people, when they want to make comments on certain things, I mean, it's pretty pathetic. That's the group you don't want to be a part of. Get a hell away from that and get over here with these other people that are positive and can see, you know, there's a brighter side to things. I'm not going to listen to opinions unless they matter. 
like I told you, I mean, I got, you know, a booster texts me and tells me something like that, people that I care about, that I interact with, and that are a part of this team and have invested and are around here and see these guys, man, I'm listening 100%. But you don't even come to the game. You don't sit in the stands. You're not a season ticket holder. You probably don't even watch the whole game because it's too late and you have an opinion. What does that matter? And the worst part is people actually listen to it. Why even pay attention to somebody that doesn't have the proper knowledge to have that true opinion of what's going on? That's, that's what I believe. And I think and the, heart, the thing for me is I can, you know, to me, I can handle all that stuff because I understand it. I understand it better. For players, it might be something vulgar, you know, blank you, all this stuff. You suck. No, you don't, because you've worked your whole life since you were six years old to be a Division One athlete, and you're there. You made it through all these other things that could have stopped you from becoming that type of student athlete, and somebody actually says that to you. That's a joke. It's a freaking joke. All right, Shane. So I, again, I know that's got Ooh. nothing to do with Auburn. Outside, of, that's the guy they just hired, but uh, we don't have much <laughs> from this guy. So I just thought that. Uh, like I said, Auburn fans would really appreciate these comments and, and hopefully just SEC fans in general. Yeah, I took it a little personal because I, I was the one sending those tweets, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, man. Just kidding. But, you know, he said some really good words there. And, and, and you you know, because I, I see it as a, as a fan. I, I can I've, – I've been known to, to bash certain quarterbacks that wear the number two or, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I, I think it is important to take a step back and realize that these kids are giving their all, you know, and, and, and just because they're not up to your standard really doesn't matter, man. It doesn't mean they're not trying. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I really enjoyed these words. And uh, it seems that everything I, I'm learning more and more about this coach as we go along. It seems like a really cool cat. Mm-hmm. But all right, Shane, you teased it there. Look, we got to jump down next to Columbia, South Carolina. Because all of a sudden here, Shane, we thought we were getting close <laughs> to having a, a damn coaching staff. And now it's it's basically in shambles here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not trying to uh, pick, pick apart Shane Beamer. He just got the job and all that. Uh, he did hire Justin Stepp. Let's give him credit for that. But – now he's without an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and a no strength and conditioning staff with Bobo and Friend leaving the mm-hmm. program here. And from what I understand, Chad, he's even going around telling people in the building, hey, we got our strength guy. And it was uh, the guy we referenced the other day that uh, turned him down and stayed at Arkansas. So, I mean, that's kind of like rookie shit, you know, where you're telling people you've made this hire and, and yet you've not made it. You probably shouldn't be saying that till you got up signed and, and in the building, yeah. you know what I mean? But uh, so, th- again, that's not the end-all, be-all because, uh, you know, I think there's plenty of South Carolina fans that not necessarily enamored with uh, Coach mm-hmm. Bobo. So I'm not saying this is, uh, you know, the death of a program or anything. But uh, And then another issue, he apparently flew to Mississippi State, uh, I believe this was on Wednesday, and – interviewed the defensive coordinator Zach Arnett and he didn't bring him back so I don't I don't know if he's gonna make that hire I mean I because I don't know how yeah. Zach Arnett can be getting interviewed and then staying in Mississippi State a couple days and then decide to join the South Carolina that just felt like a deal where you know coach Beamer probably went and made the trip himself to to seal the deal and he couldn't get it done you know yeah you know it just it just goes to show you where this program's at right now and Always, I always think about like, like metaphors, you know, like all these other programs, you know, everybody's excited about Ole Miss. Everybody's excited about Auburn's new hire and they're sitting there at the Applebee's and they're just drinking and having a good time. But then there's that, that bar, you know, everybody's got that, that bar in your County that you don't know if it's even really open, (laughs) but you know, you know, if you walk in, there's going to be like two or three people. They're all going to be smoking there, you know. That, it's Tennessee and, all, and South Carolina are the only two in there right now, and they're just talking about the good old days. And that's what I—that's what I think is going on because I—I I, I hate that they're losing momentum this early. Usually, when you see a new coach come in, there's just this fiery buzz, and it felt like Beamer had that going, and 
you know, he's got Coach Fred coming out. We're, oh, man, we're keeping Mike Bobo. You know, there were some people that didn't like that idea. And now you're, you're seeing fans. They're like, ah, we didn't want him anyway. You know, it's just like, <laughs> so there's so many things going on with South Carolina, but you hate to see that momentum die because nobody wants to go to a program that nobody wants to be at. And, and when you start missing on coach, like it kind of surprises me because it felt like Beamer had this job to begin with. Uh, you know, there was rumors that some people turned it down stuff, but it, I don't know if that's true or not. It almost felt like they went for Shane Beamer and got him. And uh, I thought we'd have some assistance lined up, but we're, we're having a little bit of trouble. So uh, I'm, it's too early to panic though. Right, Mike? I mean, you know, I'm, I panic. I always panic, but it's, it's too early, right? If you're a oh, South yeah. Carolina fan, to to just say, "Oh shit," you know, we bit <laughs> off a little more we could chew here. Well, you know who was panicking this time last year, Shane, and this is probably going to be the best example that I use forever is Arkansas fans because they were going after guys like Lane Kiffin and Eli Drinkowitz, and they kept striking out. People were making fun of them, and then here they, you know, had to settle, if you want to call it that, for Sam Pittman. And he's been one of the best coaches in the SEC. I know it's just the one year, but I mean, that's just one example right there. So yeah, yeah it, it's not about, uh, you know, how, how much controversy and, and how all this coaching staff comes together. It's all about just getting the right guy. So how we judge this, it looks bad now, but that doesn't mean anything moving forward. But mm-hmm. I do want to add one little piece of nugget the, from that, uh, Shane Beamer going out to Mississippi State to interview Zach Arnett. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, the receivers coach out there is Steve Spurrier Jr. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw this, Shane, but he tweeted out after that. I believe he tweeted this on uh, Thursday morning, but he said, it's always good to have Coach Beamer in town as long as he leaves everything the way he found it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got some some of his dad in him there to where he – you know, poking yeah. the fun at uh, a rival in the SEC. But, hey, last thing on South Carolina, Marshawn Lloyd, the running back, he tweeted out, I'm with you, Coach Beamer. So, I mean, that's great news. That's what you want to see, a star player coming out in support of the new yeah. coach. And don't forget, man, like I was saying about Coach Bobo, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus or anything because I do think he's a good – hell, I just, you know, praised Auburn for making that hire. But they're – there was quite a few rumblings that uh, he was not the most popular coach in South Carolina. And that may have been why we've seen some guys like a Ryan Helinski. Certainly Ryan Helinski, I don't think was a very big fan of him, but there's probably others who once mm-hmm. coach Bobo was retained, they probably said, well, I'm I'm done. You know, I've seen enough of, of that program. Now that mm-hmm. Bobo's out, who knows? Maybe you get Helinski back. Maybe you get some of these other guys back. So again, there could there's no way to know right now how this all turns out, but uh, could be a silver lining there. Exactly. Now, which quarterback just signed with uh, South Alabama? Oh, Jake Bentley. Apparently, yeah, I don't know if you know this, Shane. I don't know if you know this, but he skipped his senior year of high school back in <laughs> yeah. 2004 or whatever. He should be at prom right now. He's <laughs> kicking Tennessee's ass. <laughs> I remember that game well, Mike. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so he's back to home in Alabama. But, uh, yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if they play an SEC team or not, but uh, that'd be great, especially if it was South Carolina, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, that's good. I'm just glad he got he got a spot, you know, and I wish him nothing but the best. Have we heard any rumors on Holinsky, or, or is that still pretty fresh? I think it's fresh. I think it's, um, you know, I think this is one of those deals where people are kind of waiting to see if and when – things open up to where these guys can visit campuses and, and things of that nature. Right. Because uh, we're still all locked down and everything. Now, that doesn't stop. Players are allowed to go visit campuses all they want and, of course, make phone calls and texts and all that. But it's just a lot different getting to meet in person and see the facility and meet with the coaching staff. So he might be waiting for that. But, again, Mike Bobo out. Him and his family live in town. You better believe right. they're picking up the phone and, and calling uh, the Halinski family. I would imagine that Shane Beamer is right now. Oh, definitely, man. All right, Shane, next team. Let's uh, jump on down to Baton Rouge. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Well, hey, we got ourselves an offensive coordinator and a passing game coordinator, and Coach O 
making some interesting moves here, Shane. They went back to the Joe Brady offense. They hired uh, Carolina Panthers quarterback coach Jake Peets to be the new offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And uh, DJ Mangus, he was also with the Carolina Panthers. I don't know what he was doing there, but uh, he's going to be the passing game coordinator, which is the role that Joe Brady had uh, when he was with the Tigers. So, And from what I understand, Shane, Coach O went to Joe Brady and said, hey, who should I hire if I want to go back to what you were doing? And Joe Brady said, I got the two guys right here. So they flew him in for an interview. They aced it. And I I believe uh, Mangus already previously worked at LSU as an analyst. So he's familiar with Coach O. He's familiar with uh, everything that was going on down there. And, you know, these are two unknown names, but if they know Joe Brady's system and they're and they can teach it to these players. I mean, potentially, this is looking like A-plus hires, don't you think? So so what what positions are they taking? Uh, they're going to be offensive coordinator at LSU and passing game coordinator at LSU oh, and, and, and quarterbacks okay. coach. Now, what's uh, Joe Brady doing? Uh, so he is currently – Is he still at Carolina? Yeah, he, so he's just there one year so far. He's the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but it looks like he's going to be a head coach potentially. He's interviewing for all these jobs. So, oh, when the NFL gigs, right? So, golly, man. I mean, talk he... about rags to riches. I mean, <laughs> right. that's, he's, he's in the fast lane, man. So that's good. He's already he's already giving out assistance. That's that's next level stuff, man. Three what years do, ago, what are you doing with what are you doing with your life, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was just going to say, do you have any idea how old Joe Brady is? Golly, oh, jeez. I want to say 32. I believe he's 30. Oh, man. And three years, ag- three years ago, he was an analyst for, I, for, for the Saints. I mean, jeez. yeah, meteoric rise here. And I'm not saying these two guys can step into his shoes because, I, hell, everything we just said, I think that goes to show what a unique talent Joe Brady is. But right. if these guys worked with him, particularly – Mangus, who's been with him, I, I think, a couple of years here, going back to LSU. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, if I'm an LSU fan, I'm pretty confident that uh, that was the issue for me with uh, Steve Enzminger, LSU legend. I'm not going to say anything bad about him, but the previous passing game coordinator they hired, Scott Linehan from, I believe he was with the Dallas Cowboys. That's what we're talking about when we talk about these retread guys that, mm-hmm. you know, they're 50, 60 years old or whatever. And right. they've never like blown you away with what they're going to do. So why would it be all of a sudden they're going to flip a switch and, and be great for LSU? Whereas these two guys, young, up and coming, know the Joe Brady system. Hell, maybe one of these guys or both is the next Joe Brady. And here we go again, going back to prove themselves at an elite level with, we know LSU's got these receivers and, and hell, it looks like they got three quarterbacks and they got all these <laughs> linemen returning. I mean, we've got the pieces in place already for LSU to potentially be very dangerous on offense next season. Yeah, and that's what drives me nuts. It's like everybody's – because even up here in Tennessee, they're saying, well, if Pruitt is gone, you know, Gus wouldn't be a bad hire. And I'm like, why? He just got fired. Why would you want somebody that just got fired? I'd rather take a chance with a young cat – like a Joe Brady type, and, mm-hmm. and it may work, it may not. Like this Shane Beamer. It may work, it may not, but it's not a retread. It's not somebody that – that's the kind of hires I like, Mike. So uh, I'm with you, man. We got to we gotta get out of the same old, same old and, and mix things up. And it feels like that's what a lot of these universities are starting to do. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, uh, we're not done with LSU because they interviewed on Thursday Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman – Another young guy who's uh, up there running probably the best defense in the at the G5 level. He's been up there with uh, Luke Fickle a couple years, Ohio State graduate. And this is the guy, we referenced it on a previous show, this is LSU's top target at the defensive coordinator spot. Now apparently he has uh, got interviews lined up with uh, Notre Dame and I believe another big-time program. So this is a coveted guy, and there's no – there's, there's no guarantee he's leaving Cincinnati either. So I'm not even suggesting that uh, one of these teams is going to get him because, you know, I was watching uh, the Peach Bowl there against Georgia. They were talking about how close he is to Luke Fickle and their families uh, are tight. And, and, hell, even when Freeman was having his house built, he moved in with the Fickle. So, I mean, these guys are, are pretty tight. But, you know, based on what I saw on that game, 
you know, Cincinnati's got a hell of a defense, the ball Hawks. And yeah. I think they were tied for the, the lead of the most interceptions in the, in the nation last season. So that's mm-hmm. exactly what you want. I think if you're LSU, again, same thing we just said, just a different thing. You know, let's not go damn Bo Pelini, who we we know uh, it was not a great fit, and he's co- been coaching for 30-some-odd years. Let's bring us uh, a young guy that's killing it at a smaller school and give him this promotion. And, and hell, LSU likes to say they're DBU. Yeah. This is how you do it. You bring in these guys that uh, are, you know, coaching the hell out of the secondary. That's a potentially a huge move. If LSU, if LSU goes to Joe Brady offense and they land their number one target on the defensive coordinator spot, I think uh, you couldn't do any better if you're Coach O. Exactly, and this makes sense, Mike. This is a, this would be a great hire. You know, Bo Pelini was struggling where he was at. It was almost like Coach O was sending him out a life jacket or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. just to save him from his own program. And, you know – this is a guy that took a Cincinnati team and made them really good. And, you know, I bashed Cincinnati coming into that Georgia game, but I'm telling you what, man, you're right. They were little ball Hawks and they were all over the place and they played toe to toe with them. And if you could do that with the Cincinnati town, imagine what you could do with the LSU talent that's decided to come back. So I think this is uh, would be a fantastic hire. And I think this guy'd be crazy to stick around with Cincinnati one more year when he could come down and do something really special with LSU. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, let's uh, jump it on down next to old Rocky Top. You know, very similar to what we've been saying here, Shane, but, you know, it's got a lot more, I don't know if credibility is the right word, but, uh, hell, everybody knows who ESPN's Chris Lowe is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's out there, this is not a guy that, uh, you know, is just throwing stuff out there. I think he keeps things pretty close to the vest unless he had, you know, he can confirm it and he's got multiple sources and he's just been covering the SEC and in particular Tennessee for so long. He's one of the most respected media members not only in Knoxville but the entire SEC. But he was recently on uh, 3HL Nashville radio program here and some pretty damning comments for coach Jeremy Pruitt. Chris Lowe with us from ESPN.com. Uh, is Jeremy Pruitt going to make it? Not, not, Tennessee has hired uh, outside counsel now. Uh, that, that's If I'm Jeremy Pruitt, that, that's not something I, I look out favorably. You know, Brett, they have not invited me in on any of their um, their meetings with compliance and Mike Glazer. Mike Glazer's group is the one that's that's assisting mm-hmm. Tennessee, been retained. And if you look up, if you look up, if you Google Mike Glazer, he's got a long, long successful history of representing schools. In fact, he and the late Mike Slive started the first law sports law firm to help schools that had NCAA matters or compliance issues. So you don't spend the kind of cash to bring in somebody like that unless you got some things you feel like are pretty serious, you know, to help mitigate it, to get to the bottom of it. Um, and this is not something they just brought him in two weeks ago. I think they've been talking to people since November. Uh, to answer your first question, is Jeremy Pruitt going to make it? Looking at it from where we are right now and talking to some people, I think it's going to be difficult. I really do. I mean, I, I don't think you ever say that, never, but it, it looks like the way this has all gone down, the way this thing has, has dragged out, that uh, it, it will be difficult for him to be the head football coach. And I don't know if Tennessee is, is trying to get its ducks in order to fire him for cause, to get him to take a settlement. I think those are all possibilities. But I'll say this, no matter what happens, the way this thing has sort of lingered on, boy, has really hurt the football program. And, and Tennessee was already sort of fighting an uphill battle anyway. But you're going to see, I think you've already seen some players at the transfer portal. I think you'll see more at the transfer portal. And I think it's also, if he has indeed not the coach, it's probably going to be difficult to attract a coach to come in here with everything that's sort of hanging out there. Um, just, uh, again, when you look at the last 10 years surrounding Tennessee football, are you really surprised at anything? That happens, you know, look up dysfunction right now in the dictionary. And I promise you, there's a picture of Rocky Top or Neyland Stadium or the color orange right there beside it. All right, Shane. So, you know, like I said, this is kind of the same stuff we've been saying. But, uh, you know, when Chris Lowe says it, it's like I said, I mean, it kind of hits home a little bit harder that uh, Jeremy Pruitt 
status in Tennessee, not looking good, looking more likely that he's not going to be the coach that he is. And it's a, uh, you know, it's basically the same thing we've been saying, man. This is a, uh, this is killing your program if you're just mm-hmm. hanging in the wind. And because, you know, the truth of the matter is that uh, let's say that Jeremy Pruitt does return next season. And I know a lot of fans would be against that. Just, just me saying that, but it's almost like he needs to have an outstanding year next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, to even come back because yeah. we're, we're entering this spot like we did last this time last year with Will Muschamp and, and Derek Mason and, mm-hmm. and, you know, coaches of that where you just, it's almost like the writing's already on the wall. And if, if you go 500 or even seven and five, hell, we just saw Tom Herman get fired. I think he was seven and five. Uh, but I mean, this is, this is basically the territory Tennessee's in right now. And it's, it's just not helping. You know what? That's exactly right, Mike. And the longer this goes, the more I think that coach Pruitt's not going to be back because they obviously know, you know, Phil Fulmer and all them, they know, exactly what's going on with this program. And there's a reason they haven't come out and made a statement is because if they're getting their ducks in a row and this feels like a, I've been saying it all week, like a Friday news dump. Don't be surprised when you're listening to this later today that you get the news that coach Pruitt's not coming back to university of Tennessee. It almost feels like that, Mike, like they just want to get this in and get it out. It's perfect time with everything going on around the world. Not a lot of people are going to be talking about the <laughs> University of Tennessee, uh, aside of Dan Wolken, you know. But there's this, there's going to be there's going to be some ripples. But that's what it feels like is going to happen, Mike. It, it feels like that they are going to move on. And if they're not, then shame on them for not coming out and making a statement earlier. Right, and it's not all doom and gloom though. And, and this is kind of the damn confusing part because it certainly sounds like the coaches are working hard behind the scenes. And here's the, here's the best evidence of that Shane. They just landed a transfer quarterback, a guy that started at Virginia tech, Hendon hooker. That's his, that's his real name. <laughs> Let the, the, the Hugh freeze jokes write themselves at this point. But, uh, <laughs> Hey, I've not seen this kid play. I'm not going to pretend that I have, but uh, I am going to do some research and see what Tennessee's getting in him. But mm-hmm. here we got a guy that, uh, you know, has completed 65% of his passes last year. He's He's got a pretty solid touchdown-interception ratio. His rating is uh, over 153 each of the two seasons he's, he's played the last two years. He's got over 1,000 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns just on the ground. And Mm -hmm. I'm seeing here 22 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions. So, you know, I'm not saying this is going to be a, you know, the next uh, Tua Tungvaloa or something, but this looks like a really quality option here. And for a team that's that's desperate for depth at the quarterback position, I think this is a a really good player to to compete with Harrison Bailey next season. What, What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, definitely, man. I like the depth. You better change that football number, though, because I'm going to give everybody a heart attack if they see number two trapped out on the field next year. Oh, my God. Is he number two? Yeah, he's number two, man. Oh, I was like, you can't, you can't do that because if you ain't got your binoculars there kneeling, there may be some chest pain going on. <laughs> I thought he transferred. <laughs> But Tennessee fans sure do they do love and I'm not even going to say this word because uh it's a it's a bad word but a mobile quarterback I mean hell the last one I I guess you could say is uh Josh Dobbs and of course he was the last outstanding Tennessee quarterback but uh you got to be in uh, in favor of a of a mobile quarterback Yeah I I I think so I mean if, if you know cuz I'm I'm still in the Harrison Bailey I'm like I'm committed mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I right. I'm committed to that as my quarterback but you know, it doesn't hurt to bring in uh, a mobile quarterback every now and then. And, and you've seen them do this. Uh, you've seen them in the NFL. You've seen it in college football. It, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have that aspect to your, your game. And then what's really nice, or not nice, because you never want your quarterback to get hurt, but if your quarterback does go down, you're talking about a totally different system right behind him. So mm-hmm. um, there's there's something to be said about the just being dynamic these days. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, next let's uh, jump it all down to Columbia, Missouri. M-I-Z! Good news for the Tigers, Shane. Some momentum. They picked up a transfer from Ohio State receiver, Mookie Cooper. This guy's from St. Louis, so he's a local guy. 
He's got four years left to play. He never really played at Ohio State. This was his first year down there. He was a former top 100 prospect, and I I believe he was an Under Armour All-American. He's kind of a smaller slot guy, kind of like a human joystick, kind of like a Kadarius Toney. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. want to give him that much hype because I've I've not really seen him play, but that style, based on uh, just the the clips I've seen of him. So there you go. You're picking you up uh, a solid prospect, I think, for Eli Drinkowitz's offense. But the big news here in Missouri, they lost their defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters. He was the guy that uh, stayed on after Barry Odom left. He was the defensive coordinator the last couple of years. He's been at Missouri for six seasons overall. He jumped ship to Illinois, which is a strange move. But uh, from what I understand, Illinois is offering three-year contracts to their assistant coaches. So that was probably part of it. Oh, Brett Bielema, Shane. We all remember that name. He's the new <laughs> Illinois coach. But, uh, you know. The head coach? Yeah, he Yeah, so this was uh, <laughs> one of his first big hires here, stealing from an SEC opponent. And. Mm. You know, I've seen some big stuff on Ryan Walters. Some some Missouri fans kind of out on him, but I thought he was a really good coach. And you know, Missouri they did get scored on a lot, particularly at the tail end of last season. But I, they they were banged up. There was opt outs. There were scholarship reductions. And you know, Missouri was a team that had no expectations. And I'm surprised so many people talking trash about them because last time I checked, it was the defense that made the game winning stop against LSU. Uh, they held Kentucky to 10 points. They shut out Vanderbilt. They they held South Carolina to 10. So it's not like this guy was a trash coordinator or anything. But at the same time, I'm not – again, I don't think this is really going to slow Missouri down because as we've seen, man, college football is an offensive game now. So uh, mm-hmm. as long as you got that side of the ball going in the right direction, you're doing good. But uh, this is going to be the first big hire, I think, of the, of the Drinkowitz era. He's got a – Hire him a defense coordinator now. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like a, like he's he's him as a get back guy there at the buffet, you know, just <laughs> hey, hey, it's enough. You've been up there enough. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's good. You got to take your opportunities, and there's a reason uh, that he's going up there. We don't know what it is, but who knows? It may have been, you know, him and Eli had that conversation because. You know, Eli kind of pieced together his his staff, and uh, you know, he—I guarantee you, a hundred percent that that his guys aren't in place yet. Right. And uh, the the more victories that that Mizzou gets, the better talent they got coming in. Don't be surprised if if the writing wasn't already on the wall for some of these guys. Is that they're just kind of a, a just a, a stopgap until the the next guy that you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not. And I'm not saying anything bad about about uh, about Coach Walters here. It's just, it, it just I don't know. It when you have a lateral move, not even a lateral move. I would say it's a downgrade mm-hmm. to go to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my first thought. Is is he knows that he wasn't the forever guy anyway. Yeah, and last thing on that move, uh, defensive back freshman Enos Rakestraw. This is a guy that uh, they beat Alabama to get. So he's a coveted player there on, on Missouri's roster. Right after this news broke, he tweeted this out, Shane. Crazy stuff, cutthroat, he recruited me to leave. So that's oh, that's a violation if it's true. So there, Illinois, Brett Bielema, they may be getting a call here, but uh, mm. I, I don't know if you can prove that, that that happened. You know what I mean? But yeah, that kind of – that's not the kind of character coach you want. I mean, maybe I'm being naive to think that doesn't go on elsewhere, but I, you can't have that. You know what I mean? A, a guy's got to take a job. I, I get right. it, but you can't be recruiting the active players to to go with no. you. You know? No, no, you can't. That's don't don't be that guy. So <laughs> right. that, so that that makes that makes my point even. You know, it's like he's that butthurt. You know that mm-hmm. he, he's grabbing anuses on the way out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump on down to Gainesville because there's we got some coaching news down here where uh, defensive back coach Wesley McGriff, he was served on Auburn staff last year, really good uh, defensive backs coach. He previously, 
previously served as uh, the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss during the Matt Luke era. Terrible coordinator, if I'm being honest. But that's not what he's getting hired here for Florida. So that thank God he's getting hired as a defensive backs coach. He's done a good job doing that at Auburn, and uh, I think previously at Ole Miss, he was that's what he was doing there too. And he's a really good recruiter. So that's some positive news for the Gators. But uh, again, that backs up uh, what I was saying earlier. Traveris Robinson sounds like he's headed to Auburn. He was the rumor was he was going to Florida. So. Mm-hmm. You know, this leads me to believe that, again, Travis Robinson's not coming to Gainesville. Wesley McGriff is going to be the guy there to, to coach the defensive backs. But So, again, that's a quality hire, but not the guy that uh, Florida fans were thinking they were getting. But it may not be the last one here, Shane, because uh, according to John Bryce of Football Scoop, Charlie Strong, you know, we all know that name. He, mm. he is uh, maybe about to take the safeties job there at Florida. So, if you're talking Wesley McGriff and Charlie Strong coaching your secondary, that's a that's potentially a hell of a combo right there. Yeah, yeah, no, that is potential. Hey, uh, side note with the Gators, didn't they just land a huge transfer down there? Yes, sir. I'm glad you asked. They landed <laughs> uh, Penn State defensive tackle Antonio Shelton. Yeah, and this is a this is a player, man. He's not uh, you know some bench guy that just never could play. He's Already graduated, from what I understand, so he'll be eligible immediately. And I think he's only got one year left to play, but uh, started multiple seasons up there at Penn State. And that's kind of what Florida needs right now. They need help on the defensive interior. They got a couple guys going to the NFL. So all of a sudden, Florida's defense here, potentially we're getting some great news this week here in Gainesville. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I thought I thought I <laughs> So a lot of fired up Gator fans. I was like, what the hell's going on down there? You know, <laughs> so they landed him a good one. So now if they can get the coaching staff lined up, that'd be pretty sweet too uh, if you're a Gator fan. But let me ask you, Mike, uh, one, one other side note. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that there's been a, a pattern in the NFL because we're not rolling Dan taking an NFL position or a coach, a head coaching position. But when they do an interview – with another NFL coach, it seems like they must be doing some sort of alert where they notify and, and just everybody knows that so-and-so's interviewing for this job, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I keep I keep getting these alerts and stuff. Is that the same if you're interviewing a college coach? Is there still those alerts or is there, I mean, could there potentially be an interview with them all that we're not aware of uh, because they don't have to because it's a different organization? Yeah, see, I'm glad you asked that because I have noticed that as well. And it's just a little bit different. I mean, we you don't even okay. see it with Urban Meyer necessarily, you know. I right. mean, we've all seen the rumors that he's targeted by Jacksonville. I think I've even seen it where he's targeted by the, the Los Angeles Chargers. But it is different college and NFL, and I'll tell you why, Shane. A big reason you know, sometimes that stuff does leak out, but I think it's it's generally w- right before a coach is either going to accept a job or or is offered a head coaching job because there's not many college coaches that if they're offered a head coaching job are going to turn it down. And right. the main difference there is recruiting. So in the NFL, you know, insert we we were just talking about Joe Brady. He's one where right. I think that's a good example of what you're talking about. If you if you search Joe Brady's name, you're going to get 10 NFL reporters said he interviewed at Atlanta. He interviewed yeah. with the Chargers. And, a, and another good one is uh, Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. He's apparently interviewing for all these jobs too. But you, you're not seeing that with Dan Mullen. Right. And that's the key difference there because he is under contract with the, with the school and they've got recruiting they got to do. And uh, there's just – there's like a deeper level to it. And I don't think you're going to hear anything about Dan Mullen interviewing unless, you know, he's about to accept a job necessarily, if that makes sense. Okay. So he could still be in this, in this, because another one is the, the old Cowboys uh, coach. That's another one that I keep seeing floating around, you know, interviewing these different spots. So um, if that's the case, I mean, Dan literally could have interviewed for four or four or five of these positions, and we just not know it because he hasn't accepted or they haven't offered it, right? 
Right. And another good example of that is uh, Jim Harbaugh, who's apparently trying to get an NFL job, but you're not seeing the reports of, you know, who he's interviewing with and things of that nature. Right. Um, I I think Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern coach is another one. So it's pretty rare that you see a college coach mentioned for, as interviewing for these NFL positions. Okay. Good good question, Shane. That's why you're here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sticking to the yeah. SEC East shade, real quick, wanted to make this note. Let's uh, hop on down to Athens. Because the Bulldogs, Shane, they got some great news here for next year's program because Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman, he made a surprising decision. He could have went to the NFL, probably mm-hmm. would have been a first-round pick. But he's coming back for another season to improve his stock. And with a big year, you know, we're talking maybe the first lineman taken. So he stands mm-hmm. to gain quite a bit next season if he has a big year in Athens. And then the biggest one, of course, JT Daniels. We talked about him hinting at a return. He's officially come out and said he is returning. You know, not a huge surprise, but Georgia really needed to to get that answer before long. Mm-hmm. And then uh, here's an underrated one. Don't let this go under your radar. But James Cook, the running back, he is also coming back. And he's not a guy that, uh, you know, piled up a ton of production yet. He's been kind of banged up. And then there was the mm-hmm. tragedy with his father. That's why he didn't play in the bowl game. So uh, James Cook is a guy that uh, fits what uh, Todd Bunkin system, you know, running back that can catch the ball and line up at receiver and, and just do a little bit of everything. He's the perfect player to go in this system. And if they utilize him more next season, if he's not – if he remains uh, injury-free, I, I think he could have a huge year for Georgia next year. And then the only uh, bad one here, well, I shouldn't say bad, but just in terms of next season, Tyson Campbell, the uh, starting corner, he has announced that he's going pro. So they did have one loss there, but uh, overall, good news here for the Bulldogs when it comes to 2021. And I'm still on a, I'm still leading the hype train for the Bulldogs after these, this news. All right, last one, Shane. Let's uh, hop on down to College Station. Gigamagus. Where we don't have coaching news, but, uh, you know, the big news here, not completely unexpected, but I was holding out hope, Shane, that uh, maybe we'd get a miracle here and Kellen Mond <laughs> would return for another season and just, he's already got all the records down there at uh, Texas A&M, but I was hoping that uh, maybe he'd come back for one more year. But he's going pro, so hopefully he has an outstanding NFL career. I'm not suggesting he's he won't. I just get a little greedy here. I'd like to see Texas A&M <laughs> make a crazy run. But, uh, you know, let's salute him. He's got more passing yards than anyone in Texas A&M history, more passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's accounted for more total offense than anyone. He's the only Aggie with 70 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns. This guy did it all. And then um, the Aggies, the Maroon Goons, man, they're, I don't want to say hit hard because these guys are seniors. They deserve to go make their money in the NFL. But uh, Dan Moore, the left tackle, Ryan McCollum, the center, and Jake Locker, they've all announced they are turning pro. So good for those guys. But again, I was getting a little greedy and I was hoping they all came <laughs> back and just, you know, preseason top five team. Not, not to say the Aggies, Aggies got so much momentum. Uh, they're still going to be preseason top 10, I would think, next season. But uh, just wanted to make that note where we got some Aggies moving on to the NFL. Still still fully aboard the hype train there. But uh, those are those are ones we were waiting for. We just we didn't have a final calls till this week. Absolutely. No, and if my, if my front line's leaving, I'm probably going to the pros myself. My, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? so, I, I don't <laughs> We joked last year how many times Kellen Mond didn't get hit. So uh, no brainer here. Um, I think he's just he's content, and uh, I wish him all the best, man. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to see where these guys are be going to be playing on Sundays. All right, Shane. Hey, that's all I've got. And uh, before anyone asks, yeah, we are going to talk about this national championship game. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just so much going on here. We're going to have a, a nice preview edition here on Monday morning, breaking down the game. And uh, all indication, Shane, it sounds like Jalen Waddle is going to play in this game. Ooh. That's what we've been hoping to see. Now, it's not official. They're trying to they're trying to keep it in the dark. You know, this could be a situation yeah. where, you know, maybe he, he does see the field, but they don't really utilize him because it, they want to just have Ohio State have to prep for something extra. But I, exactly. sure, I sure hope we see him play in the game, and I sure 
sure as hell hope we see him score a touchdown to go out on the right note. Uh, not that he owes us anything, but uh, he's had an outstanding career, and I just I'd like to see him one more time. Absolutely, I, I just like you said, just having to prepare for it. I think that's just an extra sesh, you know, a day for Ohio State. So I really like that. I did jump on. I was curious about the point spread on this thing. Is it still at? It's still at seven and a half. Uh, it did jump up to eight and a half there for a minute. Something to keep in mind, you know, Ohio mm-hmm. State was trying to fight this because of COVID numbers, so mm-hmm. don't be surprised if they're missing a few players. So just an interesting bet to keep your your eyes on because if more news comes up this weekend where those players can't go, uh, I would expect the spread to change a little bit. So you gamblers, just keep an eye on that. <laughs> yeah, if Saban's daughter's right, they're trying to get out of it, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, man. I saw the the best one was the picture of uh, uh, broken ribs, and it says uh, Ohio State's COVID test came back positive. <laughs> you know, they're just uh, the old field man. He's just trying to lip in, lip out of this thing. So. Uh, that was a good one. Another fun tweet I saw uh, you put out actually was uh, Johnny Manziel. Did you see that tweet? Oh yeah, <laughs> thought that was great. Talking about Texas already claiming the SEC championship. <laughs> <laughs> and those damn Longhorns cannot help themselves, can they? They can't. They can't help it. They're all too soon. Too soon. So, but anyway, man, that's. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Monday. Uh, this the last college football game, Mike. I mean, it's sad, but the other day uh, there was nothing going on. There was no NFL. There was no college jump. There's just nothing, and it was it was like basketball, like NBA. So I'm I'm starting to have to watch NBA, and uh, you know just to gamble on something, you know. Cause well, I, I the good news, Shane, we're less than uh, 250 days away from the start of the 2021 season. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood, man. Uh, I, I, I hope so. I hope everything's a go. And uh, I'm, I'm obviously, I, I'm, you know, just just sponge it up, guys. Uh, this weekend, if you, you know, got the NFL's got the wild card weekends, and then you know, like I said, uh, Monday we'll have the whole day event, and we'll. We'll get on. We'll have a podcast for you Monday morning to to preview the national championship. Yes, sir. All right, Shane. Well, thanks for hopping on the line. As always, thanks, everybody, mm-hmm. for tuning in. And if you made it this far, don't forget, leave us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app, and we'll send you a beer koozie of your choice, free of charge. That's just our way of saying thanks. But uh, that's going to do it. And, uh, hey, we'll catch you on the next one. All right, man. See you guys. Go balls.